Hello and welcome to another episode of Creative Waffle. Today I'm chatting to a Swedish designer from Swedish design agency Snask. He is called Freddy Ost and he is a co-founder of Snask. If you haven't heard of Snask, you should definitely go and check out their website. Um, you're missing something there. Um, their gold full book, Make Enemies Game Fans, is an amazing book and it's, it's really pushed me a bit in, in the, what I've been doing and and really given me some great advice. It's also been reinforced by this phone call conversation that I had with Freddie. Snask is a very flexible design agency. They create some awesome, awesome work, handmade and graphic design work, and they've also got many other divisions like a bar, a band, um, they've got a film division as well. And basically, as Freddie mentions in this interview, in this chat, he says that Snask is just a delivery system to have fun. And that's probably the best way to describe how I want Blue Deer Design to be. So in that regards, I'll leave you with my conversation with Freddy Ost from Snask. So first of all, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Um, well, today I want to sort of talk about uh, starting off in the industry and how, how to, uh, if you've got any advice to people starting off. Um, obviously you went to university in England. Uh, first of all, how was that? Yeah. Uh, it was really interesting years. We uh, studied in a city called Carlisle. Yes, yeah. Uh, Carlisle is a pretty special city. Uh, it's very, it's, it's like 100,000 people. It's a bit industrial. Um, but it has just its ups and downs, just like any other city, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, we were studying there for like three years. Uh, and uh, didn't have much to do more than just study and go to other cities, I guess, like Glasgow or Newcastle or Leeds or something like that. Um, but uh, we still were involved like in the city, in the cultural life. We started club nights and DJs and stuff like that, book bands. Uh, but yeah, uh, and as for the school, it was a good school. Uh, it was called Cambria Institute of the Arts. It's now part of the university. I don't think it's I'm not sure the quality nowadays, but it was it was pretty good when we were there. Um, and something interesting for us was that they said that we were not allowed to use a computer for the first year, which was kind of striking for us. We would be like, "What? That's not graphic. That's graphic design to use a computer, right?" And then after like, of course, a year and or two, we understood that it's just one tool of many to use graphic design. Um, and that in that turn, since we only saw it as one of many tools, uh, we decided to build a lot, a lot of things by hand, like make graphics, design things, and then take it out in reality and build it up. Uh, so it's kind of a foundation for SNAP, basically, the, the education that we received at the university. So, so what made you come to England to study design then? There was this Swedish man who went around all over Sweden and recruited Swedish students and uh, he worked at this school. Not sure what he did there but he was some kind of recruiter. So there was a lot of Swedish uh, people there actually. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Um, do, do you recommend going to university or would you say that you can do just as well as just going for it? I think uh, a lot of the educational system is fucked up yeah. but uh, I think for some uh, universities, definitely good. Uh, but I think the best part is the, the people you, you meet there. You'll see one normally if you don't go to university in your local town, you will meet new people 
uh, and new people will give you uh, insights and, and angles that you didn't think about before and, and inspire you in many different ways. So I think that's a big part of going to university, at least for me, was, and also um, for us, a lot of these people coming over from Sweden, we were like 25 uh, years old still when we started there, so we already studied before, we we were old enough that this was the last chance we had to study something, and so we were very determined and ambitious. And we also had like, uh, what do you say, yeah, we, we moved to another country to do this. So of course, all the Swedish, a lot of Swedish students were very ambitious, which got inspired a lot of the young British students who were, could be like 19 year olds. Um, but all in all, we all inspired each other uh, to really, really, really work hard. When we came to, this, to, to university, we couldn't believe that people were working that hard. We were like, oh, you want to go to the pub? Like, the pub? We have, a, we have a quiz in like four days. We can't go to the pub. And we're like, what? And they worked day in and day and night and everything. and drank Red Bull and coffee to stay awake during the night. And we were like, what the hell? This is insane ambition they have. And they also got did really good work. So that inspired us as well, of course. Uh, and a lot of other people went to that university. Uh, so uh, I think it's... Um, that was a, the big part for us was the people we met all the time. Awesome, awesome. So let's talk about something you mentioned in the book, uh, the the Wandy Der Hall Bear. Sorry, that we the bear, the teddy bear you mentioned in your book. Oh um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's talk about that. Can you give like a bit of a story about it and, and just tell the story from from your view? Well, I mean, we wanted to, we wanted to, we were kind of jealous for, for people who were studying at the Rinne Mekatosh uh, School of Glasgow School of Arts. Uh, because we thought it was cooler, basically it's in a cooler city, I don't know. Uh, so we used to go there and, and get into the union and uh, drink pound of pints, stuff like that. Uh, see like, yeah, cool people. Um, and then we were like, oh, maybe we should just challenge Glasgow School of Art and see what they say. So we decided to build a, a teddy bear, uh, make it a bit evil and, and, and cocky. Uh, so we, we, we made it, yeah, we, we stuffed it up into this kind of like statue. Um, and then we, we put it on a base. Then we put a tape recorder inside uh, with a recorded message. Uh, and we just press a button and they could record a message where, where the teddy bear was speaking uh, and challenging the last school of art. And then there was a phone uh, on the backside uh, with one number to Jesus, one number to, I think, Ronaldo, the football player, and one, one number to us uh, that he could call. Uh, and there was a charter. Uh, well, we sent it off. Nothing happened. We never heard back or anything. And then we went there for the exhibition they had at the end of the year, and we talked to one of the teachers, and we said, yeah, you never received the teddy bear. And they were like, what? Were you the guys who sent it? <laughs> Turned out, that they, when the person who unpacked it threw away the charger for the phone, like mistakenly, of course, didn't look through the whole box. So the, the phone didn't have any battery. Nah. Uh, and so the, the teddy bear, I'm not sure if it still stands there, but when we were there last time, it was still standing in the teacher's office. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
And at that time, Smask wasn't existing, so I'm not sure if they know what they have, but that's part of our history, but, but it's interesting. <laughs> they could probably sold on eBay for millions. Maybe, for <laughs> millions of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think it's worth that much, but so yeah, it's like fun part. You've obviously, you obviously tried to stand out and be different from other, other students, and that's something yeah. you obviously push now as well, being uh, a different agency. You talk about... Um, being in Stockholm and, and uh, not conforming to the normal normal design agency stuff, wearing black jumpers and being boring. Um, and you can see that in your work, obviously. But how would you advise students to do that, like create another teddy bear? And Is there any great ideas that you have? <laughs> I think that students, especially students, should just do crazy work. Uh, because when you're a student, you're insecure, you're not sure if you're going to make it, you're not sure if anyone is going to take it seriously. Uh, you worry all the time about your portfolio, the professional, so you kind of like uh, make up uh, or, or forget to write that it was a student project, or you think that the most important thing is to have projects where I actually got paid in the portfolio because they are deemed to be to be a professional or whatever. But it's just bullshit. Like as a recruiter uh, for agencies, you just look at the portfolio. You don't give a shit if it's paid or not or if it's professional or not. If it looks good and it's interesting, that's more important. And when you're a student, you can actually choose yourself to make a project because you know, most of the time you, you can do whatever you want. So, I mean, if you want to do... Uh, a lot of uh, genitals that all have the head of Trump, for example. It's in the student's years you should do that because that's when you can do that and will have the time to do that. And, and if you don't do it as a student, well, then you won't be very interesting when you're a professional. I think that it's very important as a student to, to push the limits, to go out there, do street art, for example, and be critical to things in society that you don't think is right. Involve yourself in the music and cultural life in your local city. Shit like this is very important, I think. And I think that uh, students should really embrace that. I think we, our, our teacher in graphic design, in, in, in theory, he was a professor, David Imre, who was a genius. And he, he, he taught us about music for first, like, two, two weeks or whatever, two, one month or whatever. And then after that, he taught us about film for one month. And then he asked us, what have I been teaching you for two months? And we were like, music and film. He said, no, graphic design. It's like, if you don't, if you don't have a part of your time, if you don't consume culture and contribute to culture, you will never become a successful graphic designer. So, because every successful graphic designer back in the days, and until now, almost everyone has been somehow involved in the music, the film scene, the art scene, or whatever. And not only consumed culture, but also contributed to culture. And I think by doing this as a student, you will produce more interesting work. Uh, I mean, we, we had a, a club night in Carlisle. I'm not saying that you have to have that, but it gave us an arena where we could do posters and flyers that we could put up and hand out all over the city. So the work that we did actually was seen by people. So if we wrote, fuck off on a, on a poster, people would see that and some people would react positively and some people would react negatively but at least the work that we did would be seen and, 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 and people would react to it. I think that that's something really important as students to embrace this and do really crazy work. Think to us as, as, 
campus agencies, we are more, uh, let's say, interested in people who do fucked up projects in school, in university, rather than, than, oh, I did a logo for a logistic company that looks like an arrow, almost like FedEx. I mean, or whatever. Then it becomes not interesting. It's like, okay, well, you could have done uh, something else. And we could have seen your skill, but also thought that you were very interesting as a creative, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So basically taking your environment and, and really dominating it and um, turning it into awesome work. Yeah, and also, also, I mean, we live in a world where all white men have been ruling since a long, long, long fucking time. Uh, every other person, young or woman or, or other ethnicity or other class, has been just been shit and never been allowed to do anything. And these, these they build structures, they build hierarchies that they, they think everyone should fit into. And most of these structures and hierarchies are, are really outdated. Uh, so, I mean, starting off as a young person trying to fit into this world, you're already fucked. If you're gonna, you're gonna play their game, uh, until you realize that you, you, you don't get paid enough to pay your own rent. Because the rental uh, situation is also fucked up. But, you know, if everything is just, you don't play their game, you don't have to. Now there's something called the internet, and if you use it correctly, you can go past them. You don't have to play by the, those rules. I mean, they have, for example, it's a forum where you basically can be any age, any gender, any ethnicity from any place, but you could still become famous. If you produce really good work, you could still become famous, and that wouldn't happen before, before the internet. I mean, a young girl in Sicilia could actually become really famous if she produced really good work and put it online. And um, that's that's a much nicer way of, of, of being a fucking human being than playing by the rules of, of, of what people already created for the 60s or 70s or whatever when they created it. And also the marketing theorists today, are a lot of them are based on Kotler. And Kotler wrote his marketing theories before the internet even existed. So how is those really relevant today? I mean, it's very, very strange. Why? Yeah. So our industry is not very straightforward and, and and modern. So, as a student, you should also ask yourself: Do I want to be a student who tries to just fit in with the rest of the sheeps? Or should I just not care at all about that and just go my own way? Because I think that's that's the way that you create your own way. And if you do this, and in the end you want to be employed. It would be so fucking interesting that anyone will employ you anyway. I'm glad you mentioned the old man because that's actually part of my next question. Um, do, you, do you think that's changing at all? Do you think that the world and industry is, is trying to push other creators rather than... Yeah, I, I don't know how to phrase it, but yeah, do you think it's changing at all? Yeah, I mean, it's changing all the time. And uh, generations are changing things because... Every younger generation will will have a, uh, will be born into the modern world in some way, and their parents or generations before them fought for them for their freedom or for them their whatever. But it's important for them to keep fighting and seeing their opportunities as something new and fresh. Um, but yeah, it is changing, and that's really good. Mm. But it's also 
a lot of the power, most of the power in our industry is still in the hands of very conservative people. So almost every award on this planet is extremely conservative, how it works, how, how everything. The same goes for every elitistic uh, organization or community that you can be involved in as a creative is very, very conservative. Uh, that if you are like a very talented 28-year-old, you will most likely never be voted into any of those communities because you are just 28 years old. And this is actually based on true true stories that we heard from like all these cool, elitistic uh, groups and communities that as a student, we wanted to be part of. And it was kind of a dream to be one day a part of all these societies or whatever. But now when we realize that it's, bullshit and it's just elitistic and it's better that you form your own group of people that you actually like and admire for their skills no matter how old they are or what their age is or gender is i think that's way better i'm glad that yeah we are we have realized it and it is changing like you say um well i'm excited to see what's happening in the future uh, <laughs> see where it goes yeah definitely um so I'm going to ask you a question now. What, what would you do in my situation? So I'm 19. I'm trying to build another SNASC. I'm trying to, well, slightly different, but I'm trying, trying to build another agency on my own and just, um, yeah, just building up from the ground up. I'm very young. And what, what do you, what advice would you give to to me? I mean, uh, I think it's, it's important that you decide what you wanna, what you wanna achieve, what you wanna do. I mean, do you wanna, if, if everyone says that you should sail east, but you, in your mind, you're like, but we should sail west. And or I wanna sail west. Then you should just sail west, and not care about what other people say, and not care if they follow or not. And if you're right, they will follow, and they will come full blown, and they will sooner or later catch up with you, but then maybe you go north, or whatever. It's just a metaphor, of course, but I mean, what I'm trying to say is going your own way is more about doing it for yourself than doing something that the rest of the world will realize is correct in a few years. It's more about as long as you do what you think, what gives you passion uh, and gives you uh, something back in life, I think. As long as you do that, then you're correct. I mean, for us, we built this company on the values of creating a vehicle to have fun. For us, it's not about making the biggest profit per year or whatever. We, we, we want to use this company as a vehicle to have fun. Uh, and that is our, 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 our mission and goal with this, with this company, basically. Nico, it could be anything. It could be a bar. It could be a or record label, it could be anything that we want it to be. No one can say no, because we decide what it should be. Uh, but our vision is very clear, the purpose of it. And I think that's for you, I think that's important. But I mean, you're only 19, so no stress. You don't have to really, really be worried. Um, but yeah, I think the most, something important for you is because, because you're 19, there are uh, some some, uh, what do you say, disadvantages because you're so young, mm. but there's also advantages. You should focus on your advantages, which would be like, you probably know more what's trendy, you probably know more what's up, you probably are more into, you know, all these things you should 
focus, this is good. And all your disadvantages, you should work on. So, I mean, when we were young, younger at least, we, we, we were a bit insecure and we, people didn't really take us seriously. So we decided to invest in suits, really, really expensive, tailored Italian suits that looked better than any other professional suits other people would wear. And we would go into meetings looking more professional than them, but then being ourselves in the meetings. Uh, but after a few years, we realized we didn't have to wear them, wear them anymore. But that was one thing that we did. We also realized that we are very naive. Uh, so to compensate to that, we had a lot of dinners with, with more experienced people, uh, older people. And it could be anything from a grandmother to a very, very professional branding expert. Um, we just cooked a three, three course dinner for this person, uh, asked them if they wanted to be, wanted to have dinner with us. And then we talked a lot about them for maybe one, two hours. And after talking to them for one or two, about them for one or two hours, they, they will feel obligated to ask about you. And then you can tell, tell, tell them your story and they will give you advice because somehow they will be, they owe you some advice because you bought them dinner and talked a lot about them. Uh, and then, and then you, for example, you would, uh, that's one way of, of, of uh, dealing with disadvantages that maybe we were naive. So this could be one way to like, uh, not be more secure in what we are. I mean, we, we are still extremely naive because it's something that we realize is a strength for us. But, uh, but we still uh, meet uh, a lot of other people and meet dinner with them just to see, see what they think about everything. And you can take away as much as, much or little as you want from those meetings. But that's definitely a, a tip, advice I would give to you as, as a reader, so young young person starting out and then of course branding your agency or company or yourself is very 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 important because a lot of people say that they're good at branding others but they don't know how to brand themselves but that's something important that's awesome yeah thank you very much um i've never really you know, no like, like you said i've never like i've never really been happy with my my brand until like sort of march and then i sort of, it sort of clicked um i created a new logo and it was all good i think you might say different, but anyway, um, yeah, thank you very much for that advice. Um, yeah, no problem. So, last question I asked everyone, uh, asked everyone on the podcast, what is your favourite logo and why? Um, I'm going to say snapped, <laughs> but, uh, I won't, because <laughs> uh, we changed all the time, so it's not good. But... Uh, I would say the best logo of all times. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't, I'm not into logos so much. It's not that I don't, I don't dislike them. I just don't think that it's, it's, it's super exciting. I think um, a psychedelic typographic poster from the 70s or a nice record uh, sleeve or cover is much more interesting. But... Um, I would say, I'm not sure, maybe Red Cross is, of course, very simple and extremely communicative. As long as people don't shoot people with Red Crosses uh, in wars, that's great. Uh, in the concept where people shoot each other, it's very strange that there's a rule that you're not allowed to shoot people with Red Crosses. So that logo is extremely important in a fucked up situation. Um, 
I won't say FedEx because it's very obvious. Um, I'm not sure. I think uh, Paul Asher went through the, the umbrella for the, the bank or insurance company. What you call it? I can't remember the name of it. T. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but but City Bank. Yeah, was City Bank. But the fact that she drew it in the meeting on a napkin. And then they said, but you drew it on a napkin that took you two minutes. We should pay you two minutes. And she said, no, you should pay me for my whole fucking life. That I've been working and educating myself and getting this, this experience so that I now could just draw this on a piece of fucking napkin in front of you. And that's it, completely true because otherwise it just go to anyone on the street. Hey, here's a napkin, draw our logo. And you wouldn't be able to draw that. And because of that story, that's, it's a, it's a very, uh, I like that logo because sometimes people wanted to complicate things and it has to be this super long and complicated process. Uh, no matter if you already got it down really good, people tend to like, yeah, wanted to show that and clients want to see that you worked, no matter if you did it good and bad. But if you're using both and you want, and if someone wants you to run 100 meters as fast as you can, you should. You don't want to see him fucking work to get there. You want to just if he can run 100 meters in the time that you want, then he has to do it in nine seconds, and that's fine. But of course, that he didn't, he couldn't do that without training a lot. It's mm-hmm. obvious. But when it comes to, to to graphic design, some people think that yeah, you have to spend at least 200 hours, and I want to see that you did it instead of caring about the result and what you actually ask for. Thank you very much. That is awesome. Uh, thanks for being on the show. No problem. <laughs> yeah, it's a pleasure being there. I'll, um, I'll probably try and catch up with you in October in Bristol when you're at someone, uh, at the um, Something Good Festival. Yeah, do that. That'll be awesome. We also need to meet you in person. Thank you, man. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Creative Waffle with myself and Freddie Ost from SNASK. It was uh, really awesome chatting to someone I look up to so much in the design world. I'm also looking forward to that Bristol Design Festival called Something Good. If you're going, then drop me a message, then it'd be great to meet up and chat with you. Uh, and you can get tickets on the website, Something Good uh, Design. If you just type in Something Good Design, I'm sure it'll come up. Or Something Good Bristol, if you type that in. And yeah, so it's awesome, awesome podcast. Thanks very much to Freddie for being on the show. I appreciate that a lot. Go and check out Snask and their book and their work and everything. Leave the comments. I'll leave the uh, link down in the description below. I'll uh, catch you in another podcast. Thanks for, thanks for listening. Feel free to share it with a friend and subscribe and all that jazz. Catch you next time. <laughs>